Between the Covers, a series designed around who and what can be done and achieved by patients, planning and working in a community of like-minded, successful people. This podcast series is for anyone looking at becoming a successful published author and those looking to understand the mind of a writer and the goals of a publisher. Proudly sponsored by Shoreline Publishing. Welcome and enjoy. Welcome to Between the Covers, the Shoreline Publishing Podcast. And today, on the episode, this episode, we have the wonderful Jennifer Learmont, who's got a book called Kiss My Boots. Jennifer, how are you? I'm great, thanks, Will. How are you? Excellent, good. And I'm excited for your book to come out. How excited are you at this stage? Well, it's funny, you know, because it's been so long in the making, like three years. I've been excited, then not excited, and then freaked out, and, you know, so many different feelings, crippling doubt all of it. So it's getting very close now, so I'm starting to get excited. So what's the nut, what is the nuts and bolts of Kiss My Boots? Is it uh, a fantasy? Is it fictional? Is it autobiographical? What's the, what's it's a, the story? It's a memoir. Excellent. Excellent. It's yeah, a, memoir a memoir of your time in the States, I believe. Yeah, a young girl um, with a best friend going to the States for three months that ended up staying for two decades. <laughs> I just couldn't get away. Yeah, and all the things that happened in between that time. You can imagine in the 80s and 90s, sex, drugs and rock and roll was it. And um, I did it all. And it's, a very, it's a very racy story. And, um, we'll, we'll it's touch a on very a racy of- story, but it's true. And um, I was completely honest. And when you look at the, um, the synopsis of it, you think, oh, it's just some girl talking about, you know, being a dominatrix in the you know, the glitter of Hollywood and stuff, but it, it isn't. It That part is very small. It's um, the dark side of Hollywood and it's, you know, a young girl getting chewed up and spat out at, over and over again and self-sabotaging and, and just the crazy things that I went through that like detours of a fearless spirit that I don't think anyone's ever gone through. And it's uh- really hard to talk about. It's really interesting you say that because you mentioned you were you're nervous about the book coming out. Is that because you've you've really bared your soul through the whole way yeah, through it? Definitely. Well, I I I never ever told my family what I did over this, so they didn't know. But they all now that I have sat them down and told them, they thought we just thought you were some high class hooker or something. <laughs> so I had to sit them down and tell them. And I've got a twin brother. And he said, well, you're not that kind of girl or you shouldn't be, you know. But um, all my nieces and nephews are going, way to go, super cool, Auntie Jen, you know. Uh, yeah, so now that they're on my side, I feel more comfortable. It puts you in a bit of a uh, position of power, I suppose. But there's still sort of things sport. in the book that they're going to be shocked at, Excellent. horrified. It's, it's shocking. It's shocking. But for me to sit down there and write, so honestly, I'm proud of that. Like things that I bottled up inside my whole life, and I haven't told anybody. And did you find it a um, Did you find it a cathartic process to be able to do that and, and get it all out, like almost purge yourself of everything you had inside? Yeah, definitely. I feel like I've broken down the facades now, and I, this is what you get. And take me or leave me. You know, um, I, I'm sick of uh, 
covering up for myself and uh, trying to be something I'm not. Not that I really was doing that, but perhaps I was a little bit, you know, because I came from a very dysfunctional childhood too. So my um, moral compass wasn't fantastic. So there's a great segue into why that all happened is the beginning of the book. So it, it's kind of like if someone was studying psychology, it would be perfect. We wouldn't give them a headache, would it, when they're trying to learn? Wouldn't give them a headache while they're trying to learn, would it? (laughs) Yeah, it would be going, oh, my God, there's nobody. I've had a couple of people read it. One, a Harvard graduate from uh, literature, who said um, it's incredible. He said he's never read anything like it. So um, that's a good sign. Must be a bit of a buzz. Up until then, I was really nervous because no one had read it and I didn't trust anyone with it. So I, I let let Tom read it because he knew me from being 22 and he knew me through those decades. Yep. He's from New York. And he wasn't a client, but he was used to come to the place where I worked. And so he knows that side of me and, um, and he's the smartest man I've ever known. So I trusted him to read the, the raw draft and he is – really on board with it. And I knew he told me the truth. So then I started feeling a little bit more confident um, about you it. Talk, you talk about ethics, um, the, the ethics of writing. Did you have any um, really niggling sort of ones, like, oh, I shouldn't write this, I shouldn't write that, or did you just throw it all out there? I threw it all out there. Excellent. My biggest problem is I went to 30 schools, so I didn't have a great education, you know. So I... Um, but my mother was an opera singer and a concert pianist and she was she pretty much brought me up and I speak really well because of her, you know. So I had that and um, I just downloaded a journal app and it was just going to be for my family to start with. I wasn't going to do a book. I just thought, look, I'll just give this legacy and um, and then it just kept, it took its own journey it just something came from above through me. You know, they're doing a, a book and a movie on my ex-husband in the States. Now, he was, it's going to be a New York bestseller. Yep. So um, what happened is in 2017 they reached out to me um, and wanted me to be a part of it and asked if I'd be, you know, okay with being in a chapter or two. I said, yep, that's fine. I thought that was cool. And then I helped them with research for a couple of years and then I thought, hey, wait a minute, I'm right there in this middle of the book, the mm. worst time, I'm married to a gangster, I'm a dominatrix, a scammer, and doing tonnes of cocaine. That's not a good light, is it? That doesn't say where I came from or where I ended up. So I sat on the beach at Burley and I thought, I actually have to write a book and yep. say where I became and where I ended up I mean, and, all, a- and why I became. That's the fascinating part of this story. It goes from there to in the middle of the hurly burly through to now, and I think that's the really fascinating part that you can you can tell a and whole story like that. And you most people I know in those days did not. And that, that's a testament to yourself. You know, as it, it was is. the craziest time in Hollywood then. You know, and when I was there, it was a community. We knew everybody. Now, when you go there, it's like souvenir shops everywhere, and yep. you know, it's crazy. But when I was there. We all knew each other. It was underground clubs that started after 2 o'clock in the morning that were illegal. You know, David Lee Roth used to hang out there, all those people. It was like it was the, you know, you had to, the who's who. You had to know where to go. 
so I tell a lot about that. You know, it's like history as well. It is. It's an interesting little segue, isn't it? The the art history side of it as well. Like you mentioned, David Lee Roth. There would have been other big names that have come through these underground clubs that you know have come to the side. Nobody knows. Well, I, there's a lot of celebrities I knew before they were famous and became famous. Look, I mentioned a few names, but I didn't mention any of the clients' names because yeah. one was a US uh, five star general. I had Supreme Court judges, top surgeons. I wouldn't do that, you know. No. I just and that's only a small part. It's kind of funny. Like it's sad, pathetic, and funny, but I think you gotta laugh at it. You know, I think it's hilarious. Tell us about it's how young girl. <laughs> Tell us about how you went from that world of, of, of underground clubs to singing the gospel choir. I well, my whole life has been a contradiction. First of all, I was doing tons of cocaine, but yet, on the other hand, I was a health nut. Yep. I was eating the best foods, you know, sprouts and carrot juices and working out every day. And then I'm a dominatrix. I'm a yoga student studying yoga and I'm singing in the gospel choir. I don't know why, but my whole world was a contradiction. And I think that's funny. Like, fantastic. I just wanted to try everything. That's and fantastic. I had all these friends. I had, you know, I was living up at the Van Halen house. You know, I was, um, I lived in a place called The Compound, which was all artists and crazy people. And then there was a gospel side. Now, I could go from all these places and fit in perfectly, but none of those people could meet because none of them would get along. <laughs> you know what I mean? They wouldn't, they wouldn't chill, so, but I could. And I think that's got something to do with going to 30 schools and always having to try to fit in and having. You, you're right. Yeah, sorry. I was saying when you were writing the book, you've, you've got all these people who, who now know your name. Did you consider writing it under a pseudonym to, to protect I did. yourself? I was going to use my ex-husband's name, which was Perino, Italian name, and I was going to use Rachel because I was Mistress Rachel. I was going to use Rachel Perino. Yeah. But then I thought. No, I, the whole idea is breaking down the facades and saying, here I am. I'm sorry. I, you know, I lived a messy life and I just thought, you know, there's a lot of success stories. There's a lot of that. But there's also um, the, the grey side of life and I think that that's an interesting thing to tell. And that maybe that's my goal is being a storyteller. I think um, every story told is a story heard and a story heard is a story told something. It sort of goes around in a big circle and and to tell stories like this, uh, particularly like you mentioned, your friend from Harvard, he's never read anything like this before. I, I think that's a real gift. Well, he said, if anything, it should um, rate you an honorary degree in biographic literature. That's what he oh, wow. said. That's it, what he said. It's just incredible said, to tell these stories. Yeah. I mean, it it would be a boring world if everyone lived a perfect life, wouldn't it? Yep. Agree. <laughs> and I I have over the years just told little snippets to people and they're going, oh, my God, and they're so shocked. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I am a freak, aren't I? <laughs> <laughs> well, I reckon you're far from a freak and I reckon this story is going to be an absolute ripper when it hits the shelves in March. Uh, it's available for pre-order now on the Shoreline Publishing website, shorelinepublishing.com.au, and I, I can't wait for it to hit the shelves and, and see some of the head spins when people read it and go, oh, is that really something that can happen? Yeah, it'll be an education for some people for sure. <laughs> no, marvellous. Jennifer, thank you so much for your time. Uh, thank you so much, Will. I look forward to talking to you Namaste. more about this as the story comes out. You have a lovely day. Yeah.
Okay. Bye. Yeah. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Between the Covers, produced by Shoreline Publishing.